Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners. And of course, you got to have great tasting food. You got to have great tasting beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands and CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week Stay tuned for this week's episode. Do you do many podcasts or is this going to be, is, is this your virgin voyage? No, I've done a few podcasts before. We typically have a studio where I would do um, the podcast from, but it's actually commandeered all day. Oh, um, no. You know, you know, Don't I they? Ri- this is winning at work. How dare they? <laughs> I know. I know. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, is, I'm, the, I'm the chief operating officer. You I mean, come on. A little bit more pull. Where's your, where's your cachet? <laughs> I know, I know. No cachet. I, I, pick is, and, I pick and choose my battles to throw my weight around. So. <laughs> well, believe me. <laughs> believe me, that is a winning strategy. You cannot always throw it around. There you go. Well, I'm, um, I am very excited because the concept of – franchising is very interesting to me. Every time I go into a restaurant or I see a brand, I kind of wonder and if I, if I see someone who I think might be an owner, I always ask them, is this a company owned store? Is this a franchise? I just want to know because I feel like it's a, it's a great strategy to, to open up and expand a business. And you obviously are the, the, the franchise expert. So I thought I'd have you down here today and we can kind of chat about, you know, how to franchise your business. And for those of you who are wondering, who am I talking to? I'm talking to Brady Lee. Brady is the chief operating officer at United Franchise Group. And Brady and I, we've been talking and 
you know, it really seemed like his his experience of helping companies create the infrastructure that they need or kind of finalize some of their uh, tactics to, you know, kind of expand their their business model. Well, this would just be a great, a great conversation to have. And um, is it I, like how popular, Brady, w- w- would you say is is franchising these days? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Tony. But um, yeah, how'd you like that for just a straight? Corner? I, I was, I was, was going to say no pleasantries, just going right into it. Look but. at that! Look at that! <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought, hey, we'll just we'll just chat along the way. Yeah, all good, all good. Um, but no, you know, from a from a franchising standpoint, it's uh, franchising is in in my mind, it's king. You know, it, 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 a lot of the larger chains out there are really franchised, you know, and I think that for people that don't know about franchising, they see, you know, the big food chains and they see the big department stores and they think, oh, it's just some big conglomerate, you know, they're multi-billionaires and, and, um, you know, they're the big guys and the, the customers, are the little guys. But in reality, there are some companies like that, that have all corporate locations that, um, you know, make, a ton of money and and are really successful in that end but a lot of the quote-unquote chains out there are actually franchised and you know the franchising day is is has a lot of positives and there's a lot of great things about franchising but at the end of the day the franchise owners are just franchise owners and they're business owners and a lot of the franchises out there they're locally owned businesses no different from like a mom and pop that would just start their own noodle shop or their own sandwich shop or whatever. And they're just buying into a system and they're buying into a brand, but they're still business owners at the end of the day. So yeah, they're, they're, they're still like anyone else. They just happen to have a little bit of a, of a formula that they can kind of follow. Right. Um, I, I want to, I want people to learn a little bit more though about United franchise group because the more you and I talked about your company, it really was kind of interesting that you guys have a number of different, you know, programs that you kind of get involved with. Give everyone just kind of a, you know, 30,000 foot, you know, flyby about uh, UFG and what your role in the company is. And then we can kind of dive into our our topic of, of, of how to franchise a business. Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah. So United Franchise Group has been around for 35 years. Uh, we have 10 brands now, about 1,600 franchisees over all of our brands, and we're in almost 80 countries worldwide. But we started back in 1986 with one sign shop, and that was Signorama, um, which is our largest brand now. And we started in Farmingdale, New York on Long Island with just a, a, a single sign shop. I remember that. So, yeah. I mean, I remember Signorama. Sure, sure. I mean, we have with Sinorama, it's our largest brand. So we have about 700 locations with, 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 uh, with, with that brand. And, and that's where everything started for us. You know, just one sign shop, Ray Titus, who's our CEO, uh, started that sign shop and started selling signs and, um, built the company really from there to, like I said, 10 brands now. So for us, we do a lot of different things here at United Franchise Group and we're very unique because there are a lot of large franchise companies that have multi brands and, you know, a lot of franchisees. And there's a lot of franchise companies that are a lot bigger than us, but we're one of the only franchise companies out there that is diverse in terms of the amount of industries that we're in. Cause a lot of the large groups out there are all kind of in the same industry. So 
you know, there's like everybody knows Yum Brands with KFC and Taco Bell. Yeah, it's it's going to be straight food. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, it's they're all the food. QSR kind of play. Right, right. There's you know another brand. There's there's another franchise company out there, Neighborly, that really they have. I don't even know how many brands they have now. They have like 20 brands, but they're all kind of home service based. They're all like lawn services and you know people that'll come to your house and fix stuff. Basically, for us, we have three food brands. Uh, we have um, two kind of B two B business service brands with Sinorama and fully promoted. Uh, we have a new co-works division, um, which is uh, a couple of um, co-working brands as well. So we're really unique in the, in the sense that we're a large franchise company, um, but we're privately held. We have no, we're not public company. We're not, we don't have any private equity money, no venture capital, anything like that. Um, but no, you, you have fortune in or you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But You can set your own tone, your own culture. Yeah. And we can make decisions quick too, which is um, kind of underrated and, and people don't necessarily think of. But when we see a problem or we see an issue or something that we need to pivot quickly, we can do it at the drop of the dime. And, and some of these larger companies, especially privately held company or um, publicly held companies, they have to go through a lot of bureaucracy to, to and a lot of shareholders and, and, and all of that. We can just make decisions quickly. So we're pretty unique from that end. But um to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, not only do are we a franchisor and do we have franchisees, but we also do consulting as well. So we work with businesses who actually want to go through the process of franchising their business. And um, we deal with all different industries with that consulting arm as well. But the most popular is food and, uh, you know, the and restaurants. Voila, that's why we're here. That's that's a, that's where we uh, that's where we that's, came. That, to be. That's our intersection today. Sure. Sure. So what would you say are the, let, let's start with the pros. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of benefits to actually franchising your business and there's a lot of benefits to actually being a franchisee and purchasing a franchise yourself. But if we're kind of talking about people who own a concept that um, they are interested in franchising, you know, a lot of the the positives are being able to scale and grow a brand quickly without having um, as much liability. So, you know, if you're if you're growing corporately and say you want to just say I don't want to franchise, I want to just grow corporately and I want to have a hundred locations. You know, which is kind of a, a magical number that a lot of people think of when they talk about franchising a business or growing. You're going to have a hundred leases that you have to sign that you're that you're obligated for, for five to 10 years, sometimes even longer, you're going to have to staff a hundred locations. And if you're a restaurant, that can oh God, be, that's like a dirty <laughs> word. That can be, if, I mean, 20 to 30, sometimes 40 location or 40 um, employees. You're going to have to staff that. You're going to have to hire managers to run that. You're going to have to hire um, general managers and, and district managers and regional managers and all of that. So there's a lot of layers that you'll have to hire within running all of that besides just actually the stores themselves, which can be, as we know, a nightmare. Um, with franchising, you don't have to really deal with any of that. You know, you can grow your brand quickly. You're not obligated on the leases. The franchisees are signing individual leases for the most part. Some franchise companies do a little bit differently, but you're not on the hook for the leases. You don't hire employees um, and you don't have to worry about the scheduling of the employees, employees calling out sick and, and you know, all of that. 
Um, you're running the franchise company. So you deal, you support the franchisees. You know, you make sure that they're getting all the tools and the resources that they need to be able to be successful within their own business. Um, but you don't have a lot of the, a lot of the, the liability and the overhead that you would need to, to really grow if you were to do it all yourself. Well, so if, if you in this franchise model and you've created the menu, then I guess at the corporate level, then you've got all the, you know, R and D and innovation kind of happening and kind of menu design happening there, or do you get kind of input from the different you know local areas? Maybe, you know, you got a Southwest branch, you know, flavors are different there than maybe here, to, here in Georgia. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, it, it really is up to the franchisor. So the, a, a franchisor, another great thing about franchising is you can be as strict or as loose with it as you want to be. So if you want to say, be like a McDonald's to where, Hey, this is the menu. This is what your pricing is. This is where you're buying all the ingredients from and say you're buying McDonald's because we're McDonald's. You can do that, but McDonald's can do that because they're McDonald's. You know, they weren't able to really do that in the beginning um, when they first started off. Uh, same thing with all of the food brands. So, you know, for instance, look at KFC. When KFC Kentucky Fried Chicken first started, um, they were obviously a chicken shop and they actually got the idea to use the bucket of chicken, like the actual bucket that they sell, which everybody knows now is kind of synonymous with KFC. They got that idea from a franchisee because he actually ran out of um, materials or, or kind of smaller boxes, what they were selling their food in and just was only able to get these big buckets. And he started selling buckets of chicken to people and became really popular. And the franchise system ended up adopting that. And now oh, how it's funny. the biggest thing, you know, that they're known for is their bucket. Yeah, that uh, red stripe bucket with uh, Colonel Sanders on the front of it. Exactly. And that came from a franchisee kind of on accident. So, you know, the best franchise companies, especially early on, they take input from their franchisees. And sometimes, yeah, you know, the, and then maybe an idea that is just way out of line and you say, no, we're not going to do that. It may be an idea that is... Um, a good idea and a good thought, but you may be able to tweak it and say, it's a good thought if you thought of doing it this way. And, you know, a good franchisor, what they do is they learn from their franchisees and they take ideas from their franchisees and feedback from their franchisees. And they will be selective with it, but they'll actually take ideas and implement that to the rest of the system. So that's how a good franchise company really grows and really um, kind of takes hold by having good owners that come up with ideas that want to be team players. So they, they care about the brand and don't want to completely do their own thing, but they're also entrepreneurs and they're trying out um, new ways to do things, new menu items and, and, and all of that. But at us at UFG, United Franchise Group, we say we get all of our best ideas from our franchisees because they're the ones that are in the field doing it day in and day out. And what we do is be able to take those ideas and be able to facilitate it. So what are some of the cons? Obviously, you may probably don't make as much money. I, I, don't, I don't know. What, what are some of the reasons that you would not want to franchise your business? Yeah, I mean, you know, from a there's definitely cons. There's definitely trade offs. I don't really necessarily look at it as cons um, per se. But, you know, the biggest thing is you don't have as much control. And you could put you could put all of the rules and regulations and all of that um, into into a franchise agreement and say you have to follow these rules and you have to 
do all, you know, you have to do exactly what we say. At the end of the day, you're going to have people that are going to do things differently, the bigger that you get. If you have five that friends. That would be that, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'd be the nightmare. I mean, get, you just get so creative. You just want to start kind of going off script. And I guess that's where you have to kind of decide what's our culture. You know, how hard are we going to hold people to our standard? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's a balance because what I was just saying earlier is you want entrepreneurs, you don't want people that are just going to be robots and just going to kind of sit back and um, not try anything new or do anything differently, but you don't want people to go too far. So it's always kind of a balance of, hey, we want you guys to try new things out. We want you guys to come up with ideas. The only thing that we ask is you bring those ideas to us first before you actually implement them in your store. And if it's a if it's nothing crazy that um, is within the realm of what we do, we'll probably say, "Sure, go ahead, try it out, see how it goes." If you are a if you are a, a noodle shop and you have a franchisee who comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to start selling pizza and tacos out of my store," then you may say, "You know, that's that's not what we do. That's not that that's too far. That's that's over the line. That's going to change who we are as a brand. We're not going to do that." So. It's really on the franchisor to kind of, as, as you mentioned, Tony, just kind of say, um, what, wh who do we want to be? Do we want to be McDonald's? And, and do we want to just say, this is what we do. You have to do everything exactly our way. Or do you want people to be entrepreneurs? So, Well, I understand. I do know you guys have a, a feeder system and I, I want to get into that in a little bit. But before we go into, you know, how you kind of develop potential brands that you want to take on and kind of expand. I I do want to know just are there certain businesses that are better equipped or, or can you franchise anything? I, I just kind of want to know a little bit more about like what you would look for. Yeah. I mean, it, you can franchise a lot of different things, whether or not it's a good idea to franchise that business is a different conversation, but the real main things, it's very, very difficult and you can't really franchise are a lot of the like professional businesses that require licensing and like, you know, like lawyers and, um, like CPAs, offices. CPAs, you can actually do it, but it's, you obviously have to be a CPA. So you're very limited by, yeah. um, who your franchisees can be. So, um, but you know, like, like lawyers and stuff like that, you know, you, you, it's, you can't franchise that. But, so basically if there's like a SME, involved right it's a it's extremely limited so you don't want to have a SME or type of a business correct correct yeah and, and not to say you can't like i said you know i know there's always like an, an exception but. yeah there's an exception to the rule but going back to what i mentioned earlier is whether or not you should franchise is a different conversation because you could have a you could have a, a business that isn't making any money that's not a unique business at all and you can create a franchise disclosure document and say, I'm a franchise, you know, so technically you're franchising your business, but it's not a good business. It's not unique. So yeah, nobody wants it. Well, we talk about that a lot here. You got to be different, better or special. Otherwise you're going to get eaten alive. What are the trends for maybe new franchises or new categories? Are you seeing something? Uh, I know for, for me, I see tons of food trucks. I mean, that's kind of a thing, but I don't know if that's franchisable, but uh, what are the trends that, that you're seeing that are popping up now? Yeah, I have seen some food trucks that have been successful. I think really from a food standpoint, there's two main things. There's the QSR, which is the quick service restaurant where you just kind of go in, you 
order at the register, you get a number, they bring the food out to you. Um, that is really just kind of taken over in, in terms of um, the franchise model, just because you don't need as much staff, you don't need as big of a location, there's less overhead, you move people in and out quickly. Um, so that's in pretty much every food segment, QSRs are kind of taken over from a franchise standpoint. Um, but also what's becoming real popular is more of these niche concepts um, that are <clears throat> kind of, you know, for instance, like, I, you know, I know we don't want to make this an infomercial for United Franchise Group, but our newest brand is Grace Crits. And there's uh, it, it's based off of just charcuterie boards. And that's all we do. We don't we don't serve meals. We don't do it's not even sit down dining. It's, it's just um, charcuterie boards. I mean, and then there's also like crumble cookies. Uh, cook, they're massive. They're huge. And they blew up. Um, but all they do is cookies. And there's other kind of you know, insomnia cookies and other brands like that that are kind of popping up as offshoots of that because um, it's a good brand. So I think a lot of the niche, the niche franchises are, are really starting to pop up and really start to gain some traction. And um, the, uh, obviously the QSRs as well. Have you seen any that are really focused on robotics? Have you, are there, are there any that are really trying to just make that their point of differentiation? Yeah, the, actually, I did see, a, and, and there's there's definitely brands out there. There's nobody that's you know, a huge, huge brand that everybody's heard of that's really diving into that. Uh, beyond, you know, the McDonald's and, the, and and those brands that are kind of doing the video boards and, and, and doing less on the employee standpoint, but there's actually a really cool concept. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a, uh, it's a business, I think it's in Brooklyn, that they, it's a, it's like a, they do the, um, the, like wontons and 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 uh, you know the the gyoza and all, and all that stuff. That's kind of all they do, yeah. and it's it's really interesting because all they use is technology. Like you put your order in at a board, it comes in like a little box, and it's like Brook. It's like in Brooklyn, I think. It's it's a cool business that they're starting to franchise. I actually saw them at a at a franchise show. Um, it's like an experience, you know, because when you go to QSR, it's really not an experience anymore. I mean, going to a QSR now, honestly, is kind of drudgery because I don't know, maybe that's just my opinion. But I mean, you know, you're sitting in a long drive through line if you're trying to get through or, you know, you go in and it's just not the same atmosphere anymore. You know what I mean? That that whole thing has kind of changed. Yeah. But But if you had, you know, this kind of robotic experience when you you know, kind of watch the, the, the robotic arm do something or, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? That's kind of more of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe certainly. a novelty, maybe a novelty. Yeah. I think it is a novelty, but I think it's also, look, obviously you're going to be paying upfront more from the, from the equipment. You know, that's kind of the investment trade-off that you make, but you're not going to have that ongoing having to pay for the employees and then the employees. And all that yeah, there is no more workers comp. There's right. a uh, exactly unless the robot unless, to unless come the, out and fix the robot. <laughs> I was going to say unless the robots like AI really starts to uh, take it to another it gets level, con- it gets uh, yeah. sentient. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, going I, I, I think I think a lot of businesses are going to certainly go more towards that, and people have been saying it for years. But I think especially with with COVID and and um, you know the rising cost of wages and, and and all of that, I think that a lot of businesses are going to look to more automation. I and mean, you know whether that's good or bad is can be argued on on any side, but I think that's the direction. That's the reality of where they're going. So if 
let's say there is a a new niche concept and they're thinking they want to franchise that business. Do they do they need to start operating differently before they would would approach uh, a franchising company for their help? I mean, what are the steps that they need to be going through to kind of start this transition? It really depends on the business, you know, it, it, from a and and who you're working with as a consultant. So the main, I, I always tell people, if you're looking to franchise uh, a, a business, you should have three things minimum. There's a lot more that goes into it, but just to kind of break it down easily. Is the first thing is is how are you different? You know, what separates you from people doing similar to what you're doing, whether it's in the franchise world or are not in the franchise world. You have to have that differentiator. Um, the second is, are you profitable? You have to be making money because at the end of the day, anybody who's buying a franchise, they're usually buying it because they want to make money. So you got to be able to show that you have a history of being profitable and a history of making money. And then the third thing is that you could, that you could really do is you have systems and processes in place that can be duplicated and that are very easily teachable. And that is something that we see a lot to where we have a, we have a business that's unique. You have a um, business that's making money, but they have no processes in terms of either written down processes or, um, you know, training. They don't have to have necessarily training modules like online or anything like that, but you're not able to easily teach somebody how to do it. And what we do and what other good um, consulting companies do is help you put those processes in place and put them down into what we call an operations manual um, to where it can be easily taught and easily replicated. But, you know, sometimes you'll see a business to where, hey, it's a it's a restaurant that's been around for 25 years. It's a small town. You have an owner that is a charismatic guy that everybody knows in town and they've been going there their whole lives for 20 years and, and go for Sunday dinner. They make a lot of money. People love the food. It's great. But are you going to be able to replicate that in yeah. other markets? You know, that's just what I was thinking. If you're different, <laughs> so I it really this could be a, another conversation. But if your differentiator is someone's personality, yeah, uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, and and it's also the food too, because it's like if you own a restaurant, everybody's going to say my food is great. Okay, like nobody's going to say, yeah, my food's all right. You know, like everybody's say, yeah, my food subjective. is great. That's what separates me. But that doesn't separate you. Everybody thinks their food is great. And it might be great and it may be awesome food. But if you take what you're doing and you go to Dallas or you go to New York or you go to L.A. or you go to Miami, what's going to make you different? Because there's a lot of great food options in all of those markets. And you know, what's going to attract people to want to go there. And it's, it can't just be that the food tastes good. It has to be something different. Yeah, I just had this conversation. In fact, I think the podcast is is already out now. And it's all about, you know, what attributes are you wanting to highlight? You know, you kind of look at the marketplace and you see white space and or where are consumer sentiments going and how can you offer and provide them that? And that becomes that point of, of differentiation. Exactly. So that's what you need. You need to be different. You need to stand out. And if you're obviously, if you're in a, in a niche market where there's not a franchise brand out there, it's a little bit easier to stand out. Um, but if you're going into a market where like if you do burgers or if you do pizza or if you do 
um, tacos. There's so many options out there that um, you really, really have to stand out. So, This could be kind of a crazy question. Have you ever seen a franchise concept that's like multiple businesses that are that are kind of different, but that could be used in one area? Like guy opens up a franchise and they're like back to back to back. It's like QSR, uh, cookie, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, weight loss center <laughs> or something, you know, back to back to back. Is that even a thing? Like, are you saying like, <clears throat> like all attached in the same build, like all doing it within the same location or just the same? Yeah, the same. Yeah, no, it'd be like, you know, in the strip mall. But and the consumer would walk up and not even real, you know, it's, yeah. you know, brand one, brand two, brand three, you know, breakfast, lunch, weight loss. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Of course. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, larger groups diversify themselves as franchisees with multiple brands. Um, you know, we have a strip center. We're in West Palm Beach, Florida is where our, our corporate headquarters is. We have a strip center where there's three of our brands. They're different owners, but there's still three of our brands are right next to each other. All in, the, all in the same plaza. Um, so that's literally what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, and they're different owners. It's not all the same owners, but um, but yeah, that that's that we we there's certainly businesses out there, and there's other and there's other groups. Like you know, we have a group that um, owns a couple of our brands. They also own Taco Bell's. They also own Buffalo Wild Wings. They own a European Wax, and um, so there's a lot of larger groups out there that are buying multiple brands and diversifying themselves within their own group too. Well, explain this feeder system that you have. So you go out and you look for potential companies that maybe just need to get their I's dotted, T's crossed and get a few things tweaked and developed and then bring them up from AAA and bring them into the big leagues. How does this work? Yeah, it's interesting because we're, we're, we're unique in the sense that we're really the only franchise consulting company out there that is also a franchisor. Um, so we're in a really unique, um, situation to where we're seeing concepts literally every single day with, with accurate franchising. And it, they can range from people that just have an idea and they say, Hey, I have this idea. I want to franchise it. What do I have to do to kind of lay the groundwork to make sure I'm doing that right? And in three years, I want to franchise this business all the way to people that have been in business for 10 years, have multiple locations, have really good branding, have done a lot of that laying of the groundwork themselves before they came to us. And they just then they say, hey, I just want to go to market strategy. How do I you know, how do I grow? How do I find franchisees and all of that? So we can we see the whole gamut with accurate franchising. Um, But for us at UFG we're able to see these companies really in the beginning. And sometimes it's not, sometimes we do consulting with existing brands as well. So it's not just people that are just starting out. Um, but we're able to, what we're able to do is, is, um, kind of, kind of look at brands and, and approach the owners on, Hey, do you want to become a UFG brand? You know, that's where we've gotten a few of our brands from. Um, for instance, Grace Craze, which is our, our newest one here. That's where that came from. They were just an accurate franchising client initially, and we really liked the brand. And so we approached them about being partners. And sometimes people say no, because we to be a UFG brand, quote unquote, we have to be the majority owner of the franchise company. And sometimes people say, no, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. I just want consulting from you. I, I want to keep what we have. 
and we could talk with them and, and they, and they keep going and they keep on going forward. And sometimes they say, yeah, let's do it. And they keep what they have in terms of their corporate locations and, um, their business. And they still run that. We don't take any ownership in, in that part of the business, but then we establish the franchise company. We take the majority ownership of the, the franchise company and we run it. And I think people would be confused if they just looked at your LinkedIn profile and didn't know what you just said, because you you look like you have multiple jobs at one time. So you're the COO of UFG. You're also the president of Grace Grace. Yeah. So I do have multiple jobs. So it, it, it is confusing. But. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me. I was like, huh, what, what is this? Right. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're really unique in the sense that we already have um, an established, you know, we, we have an, uh, like an established employee base that we can pop in a new brand pretty easily. So I wouldn't be able to be the brand president of Gray's Craze and also be the chief operating, operating officer of U of G if we didn't already have a team and an infrastructure already in place, right? So if you're just franchising your business and you're the founder, you're, so if you're the founder, you're the CEO, you're the president, you're the franchise salesperson, you're the franchise support person, you're doing everything because you have to, because you don't have that infrastructure already in place. For us, we already have the infrastructure in place. So we already have a training department and a training team. We have a legal department, we have an accounting department, we have a marketing department. So we're able to just pop in a brand really quickly and scale quickly because of the infrastructure that we have here, um, you know, at UFG. So. I think it's just a it's just a cool idea to take your business in and just franchise it. I, I you know, being kind of a, a con, fiscally conservative person, you know, when you kind of walk through what you're saying, you want to get to that magic number of 100. And then you're looking at just the financial liability and all the other insurance liabilities of just signing all the leases and the people, workers comp. Oh, I mean, it's. Why would you not franchise? I mean, you'd have to have some serious deep pockets, uh, very wealthy investors who know exactly what they're doing. Uh, I think this is just a quick way. I'm curious, do you ever see a, a company scale through franchise and then buy them back and make turn them into corporate uh, or company owned stores? Has that ever happened? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Starbucks did it. I mean, look, look, look at, look at Starbucks. They, I'm two they for two with my wild <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. No, um, <clears throat> sometimes companies will try to franchise and, um, they're either not happy with it. It's not working. And they'll say, we're just going to buy all these locations back. Um, some franchise companies will buy struggling stores back and take them over and run them corporately and then either get them get them profitable again and sell it again as a franchise or just put them in timeout and get them away. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So some franchise companies do that. There's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways that you can do it. There's no, there's no one way that you can scale or run a franchise company. So for us at UFG, we don't have a lot of corporate locations, you know, right? We don't have a lot of, we don't run really many corporate locations at all because we're a franchise company. So we say we want to focus on the franchisees more so than um, having to run stores. And obviously we, we mentioned all the, you know, all the, the negatives, I guess, of running your, you know, running your own business or 
and, and, and all the, yeah, the headaches and cost. Mm -hmm. But as a franchisor, if you have corporate locations and you have franchise locations, you're conflicted, right? So sometimes you might, sometimes I've seen franchise companies make decisions that are best for them and for their corporate stores, but might not necessarily be best for their franchisees. And for us, we don't want to have that conflict. So we want to just focus on the franchisees and make the franchisees successful. But it doesn't mean that you can't be successful and do things the right way if you also have, um, you know, corporate locations and franchises. Yeah, I guess once you figure out where that line is, then, you know, you can make sure you don't cross it. Brady, this has been very interesting. I, I've really wanted to learn more about franchising, and I think um, I, I think that's the way to go. So if people are kind of curious to, you know, kind of connect with you or, or kind of do a little more research on UFG, what's the best way for them to connect with the company or find you? Yeah, if, I mean, if you want to just connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, I'm on LinkedIn like everybody else in the, in the corporate world. So you yep, yep, yep. I'll put that in the show notes. Everybody yeah, will be able to find you there. You can connect with me there. Um, if you wanted to learn more about our brands and uh, you know, the brands that we have here at UFG, obviously, unitedfranchisegroup.com. Or if you are have a, have a concept and you want to talk to somebody about franchising that concept, go to accuratefranchising.com. Got it. Got it. Well, Brady, thank you so much for coming down, and let's uh, let's see if we get get some interesting niche concepts in the future. We can talk about those. Absolutely, for sure. Appreciate appreciate you having me, Tony. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Brady.